Project Zeus. There are tens of thousands of storm simulations in here, and each one is starting in a different place. They all end the same way. A geostorm. I mean, unlike anything we've ever seen. Uh, Dana, can you, can you show us just uh, the simulation that begins in Afghanistan? Yeah, sure. Okay, now, uh, now filter those so that the second malfunction's over Hong Kong. Where are you going with this? What if Chang realized that someone was following one of his scenarios? You know, making it look like a predicted pattern of malfunction. You know, disguising a crime like a series of accidents. Someone has weaponized the global satellite system. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who do not fit on the gender binary. It is episode 31 of the Kicking and Streaming podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Lake. I'm very pleased to be here, and sitting across from me, as always, my good friend and yours, Kevin Hill. Kevin, what's up? Not much, Johnny. Just chilling. Happy to be back recording uh, Me too, man. Really looking forward to getting into a good dive of the stupid fun that was Geostorm. This movie marinated for a while. Like, this yes. movie marinated longer than it needed to. We're very busy boys in the summer, so yeah. we apologize for a delay, and uh, we have a bunch of episodes coming out second half of July. But, the uh, stew that we've created for you today did not need to marinate as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because there are moments of this that are very forgettable. It's like it's, it's there like, are moments that I definitely forgot. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That isn't that the definition of forgettable? A moment you forgot. Well, so. forgettable indicates the potential of of forgetting. You just pure forgot. I, I stra- I'm being honest. I straight up forgot a lot of this movie. I was trying to remember some of it. I, I, I didn't go. I didn't cheat and go back and watch any of it. Um, I think it deserves to be the non-memorable watch that it was in our pantheon mm-hmm. of shitty movies. I mean, most of the movies are non-memorable. I don't know about that. Yeah? I don't know about that. What's I think The, the Haunting most... is very memorable to me still. <laughs> very fresh. <laughs> I think um, for, it's because you hate it so much or you didn't like it as much as I did, but uh, So Undercover, I remember oh, a lot. Uh, let's not, we get into this what like about the every first other episode. One? Come on, what about the first one? Naomi Neal has no kiss of, list? How could you, you forget your first time? You can never forget your first time. <laughs> it's awkward, you know. You, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't know where to place your hands. <laughs> <laughs> the audio quality's terrible. <laughs> oh, the we're first so glad time to be back. Always, yeah, it's it's good to be back. Um, Geostorm, Kevin, Gerard Butler, uh, Jim Sturgis. <laughs> who else? A who's a who's who of who is who will cash the paycheck? Um, I, it's it, it was a. It was a Gerard Butler movie that had Jim Sturgis in it, playing a Jim Sturgis character, 
And does does Jim you know what? does I'm Jim Sturgis d- right deserve a Jim Sturgis character description? Like what the hell else has the guy been in? Yeah, I think he has only been himself. Well, I mean, his best performance is undoubtedly uh, across the universe. I have not seen that movie. It's not bad. It's not a. It, it's not an amazing. I wouldn't call it a film. It's not. It's a. It's a movie, but it's mm-hmm. a pretty good movie. Yeah, I'd say. Um, so it's been a little bit more than a week. What are your What are your thoughts? What do you remember of the film? What were some of the highlights? Like, how how did this movie make you feel, Kevin? Well, this movie was hard for me because I wanted to turn off my brain and enjoy it, and I think. I did actually achieve that, but it took a while. <laughs> it took until the we we kidnapped the president for me to finally be like. Uh, See, I totally forgot that happened. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot that J- your boy Jim Sturgis and Abby That's Cornish, right. honey, honey, <laughs> Andy Garcia goes, honey. Oh, you know who was in this movie that I really liked? Zazie Beats. Yeah. Zazie Beats. Uh, Emmy nominated. Yeah. Congratulations to her. For Atlanta? I, yeah. That's new news. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, happy to hear it. I bet she's happy she can move on from this movie. Yeah, definitely. I don't know when the filming mm-hmm. kind of worked out for like. I think it Geo was 2014 versus... in Bulgaria. That's I think true. they were filming uh, Spiders you... and Geostorm, Geostorm next on, to each other. Yeah, on, on adjacent lots. Do you think. Um, do you think Zazie Beetz, uh, uh, filmed th- her parts in this movie before season one of Atlanta? Probably. Almost, almost definitely, right? Yeah. It's good that season one of Atlanta came out first. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> I, I, but I, I, looking back on this, it, it's, it's not a movie that I feel like an actor would be embarrassed they were in. Every actor has one of these movies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It, every, like, no, I don't think, feel like anybody's reputation was ruined by this movie. It's not like, um, I'm trying to think of a movie that we saw that would be a better example of this. Like um, a movie that is kind of a career killer? Yeah. Um, it, it, I was going to say Monster Trucks, but, like, I don't feel like any of the, like supporting characters in that movie I mean, really suffered wh- that where's lucas it. till yeah well i mean i think it, he it probably it probably hurt the main the main two actors and, he suffered and the an monsters. ego trip thinking he, he booked the lead role in monster trucks and now <laughs> right. is now is nowhere to be found do yeah, you sometimes wonder true. about like what what those type of actors are doing right now like the kind of like the actors- teen heartthrob that like hasn't really done any serious meaningful roles in yeah. their life. Like the teen heartthrob yeah, that, that like has a Wikipedia page and had a show on Disney Channel for three years and then is like sporadically in things for six years. Like what are they doing right now? I mean, we went to school with the Sprouse Brothers. And one is of that- them opened a meadery in Williamsburg. Is that for real? Yeah. See, that, I think, is, like, a good thing that you could do if you're a middling, successful, like, child-to-teen star. Use the name and uh, harp on silly Brooklyn things. Yeah, just mm-hmm. just find, like, a niche that, like, people will like for a while and use your name to make it successful and then just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, invest heavily in it. Well, well I don't know. 
Why do you think there's a certain formula there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you walk through the beauty aisle at Target, and it's just actress's name of, you know, (laughs) lipstick here, and you know. (laughs) Well, on the opposite end of like middling to successful like child and teen stars Mm -hmm. in recent news lately and i don't know if you'd really call her a star but like uh kylie jenner is now apparently on her way to being the world's youngest billionaire because of her like clothing and cosmetics line and uh i would definitely argue she's not self-made as as forbes proposed but Mm -hmm. i I think that's uh the kardashians have the formula down for Mm -hmm. how to take fame and celebrity and uh just leverage it on itself over and over and over again yeah i mean everybody like jokes about the kardashian brand but there's no denying its power yeah walmart is is like one of the most powerful brands in the world and it's a punchline yeah all right we're getting off topic but that was that was a good tangent (laughs) i could have gone going from walmart back to geostorm and it almost kind of (laughs) works I bet you there's a lot of copies of Geostorm sitting on the shelves of Walmart. In the $5 bin. Yeah. Blu-ray, $5. Blu-ray, 10 Okay, 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 fine. <laughs> Collector's edition includes a Blu-ray and DVD. The I love that. The movie was that... only one hour and 50 minutes. To mm-hmm. me, it felt like two and a half. It did. It did. Is that... It did not fly by. No. And, and it... I feel like none of it, our movies do. It could have flown by with, like, just a lot less... I don't know. Like, I feel like I wanted to see more of the actual satellites doing stuff. It was a lot of talking. I mean, there was some crashing into stuff and frozen Afghans in the desert. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I was sleepy and, and didn't catch some things, but I feel like the the advertisements for Geostorm didn't really live up to it. I wanted more Ed Harris, and I wanted more satellites, and mm-hmm. I got neither of those things. And what you got was a lot of people in front of computers bullshit conspiratorial like political stuff Mm -hmm. that was not needed and then like banter among characters that literally have no connection to each other i will maintain and this is one of the few things that i remember very clearly about our watching was that all those scenes with gerard butler and jim sturgis communicating to one another through Mm -hmm. that like facetime spaceship thing yeah full screen facetime I'm saying that that was shoehorned into the plot because of of filming schedule restrictions. Yeah. I'm nearly positive of it. Yeah, you think so? I, I think that's just my <laughs> random, somewhat baseless mm-hmm. assertion. That's a really, you know, that's, that's, that's a good point. I mean, the pa- magic of green screen is so great. It really is. It's so great. But let's get Johnny... Let's get into the meat and bones of why this movie sucked so much. It's because its creator, its writer and director was 56 years old, and this was his passion project. Shout out to Dean Devlin. I mean, it, it's great if you want to have a passion project. That but might have been a little mean. 56? 56? Maybe stick to insurance. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe stick to that producer role. It's yeah. a little too right to jump in on the uh, directing. Yeah, no, I, I say give it to some other director that's done some other crappy mm-hmm. action, you know, thriller movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you First know, take all, the writing credit, take the executive producer credit, mm-hmm. you know, give be, it to be, someone. Be there on set every day, yeah. reaping the feeling and the 
and the love that you have from this story that you've created. Cool. I'm assuming that he wrote this story and had all the ideas and everything, and I might be completely off with that. Dean Devlin, I, I think you had the makings of a good story here, and an interesting one, and one that caught me in the uh, in the advertisements, like before we even you know had this podcast and we we're going to watch crappy movies. I really think it could have benefited from a little bit tighter directing and probably a little bit more editing in in the oh, yeah. in, in the plot I mean like and this is one of those movies where you're like I kind of wish the studio had come in and been like <laughs> cut this nonsense out like every other Tarantino film you kind of yeah. wish you're like hateful eight someone had been in here and been in there and been like we can cut 20 minutes right yeah <laughs> get rid of the plot where the original four arrive at the haberdashery <laughs> Quentin you don't need it how long is Michael Manson going to look at a jar of candy, Quentin? <laughs> he looks at that jar for 20 minutes. Cut it. The guy Cut from it, in that movie, though, yeah. was really good. Bob. Bob mm. the Mexican. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, Kevin, what were your favorite like moments of Geostorm? I might have kind of already asked you this, but I, I want to... I want to get your highs and lows. And Oh, and... I loved the terrible young British kid actor. Oh, yeah. Who was so obviously a bad guy. And uh, I liked how he was like a rebel because he didn't wear the space uniform. Like, he was like, <laughs> oh, I got a cut off. I cut it off myself. <laughs> and he, like, gives shit to Gerard Butler when he first walks in the space station. He's like, who are you, Mike? Oh, wearing, the, wearing the stars and stripes. Was that Duncan Taylor? I'm pretty sure it's Duncan Taylor. Was that the character's name? I believe so. He yeah. was like the British worker, and uh, but he and he turned in the bad guy, and he had like a bad guy speech at the end too, and he's like, you know, we're gonna destroy everything, because <laughs> you know, you were, and then like he gives shit for Gerard Butler being like from the USA. But wasn't he technically working for Secretary U.S. Secretary of State Ed Harris when he helped them gain control of the satellites? Like it, his character made Ed no Harris sense. Is, do you want to know what Ed Harris's Secretary of State character's name is? Do you remember? It's got to be like Roger McAster. <laughs> no, what it's better? First name Leonard. Leonard. Second name Deckham. Deckham. Spelled with two K's. This is like this is another one of the movies, and I love this is a trend in all the movies we watch, where it's first draft names for all the characters. <laughs> Jake Lawson. <laughs> what was it? What was his name? Leonard. Deckham. Deckham. We're gonna Deckham, man. Yeah. What was Andy Garcia's president's name? This is always good. First name Andrew. Andrew. Second name Palma. <laughs> President Palma. President Palma. That was absolutely a first draft name. That was a first draft name, yep. <laughs> what has changed for you, Kevin, in the week and a half since we've watched this movie? Um, well, I actually re-listened to our podcast, and one of the bits that had me cracking up so much was the relationship <laughs> between Gerard Butler and the German space commander. <laughs> it was actually quite nice, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like such... Like they like they kept teetering on if they're gonna be romantic or not. Well they won't they? Yeah. <laughs> and like how we were joking. He was like, You gotta go and she's like, Well if you survive, here's my number. If you wanna grab coffee sometime, bye. 
<laughs> and then she's like, haha, I came back. Guess a girl can't stay away. Anyway, you need me to open this door for you? Hi. <laughs> shoot your shot, man. Shoot or shoot. She was shooting. She had a hot hand. Yeah. Um, also, uh, was that your, that was probably like, um, I don't know. <laughs> Favorite moment for me might have been just like reveling in kind of the crappiness of some of the writing mm-hmm. just like gerard butler like making a sandwich for his kid and then being like all right i'll be back in three weeks oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, kevin let's uh let's wrap up our discussion of geostorm are there any final notes you want to send off on what, what are you how, how, there is. how are we gonna put geostorm to bed there is yeah i did not understand one of the subplots and what what the point of one of the subplots was what's that the old young Asian man <laughs> from who's in Hong Kong, I believe. Oh yeah, okay. I don't Kinda know one of like the perspective. I don't know what he did characters. to the plot, other than escape a Hong Kong and then get killed because his friends didn't pick him up at the airport. Do you remember that? I don't remember him getting killed, but I remember him getting out of Hong Kong and being like the only person that yeah. got out of Hong Kong alive. Well, you remember. Jim Sturgis. It was Hong Kong, right? We're not just being like stereotypical. Hong Kong, Beijing, Shanghai, bye bye. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I do not endorse that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. No, I'm pretty sure it was Hong Kong. Okay. Well, if- uh, well I'll come back and edit something. I'll edit it. <laughs> you know, they were trying to Beijing. <laughs> you know, when they were trying to escape out of Beijing. Yeah. Sorry, sorry if I offended our big listenership. Yeah, there. we got a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. in uh, in Asia listening to this podcast. We do actually, no we joke. Do. We might actually have most of our <laughs> most of our listeners in Asia. Shout out to the Philippines and Bahrain. <laughs> Weird number of listeners, but we love it. We love it. And, we're planning and the live you're not shows. Joking? I'm not joking, and we're planning the live show soon. So keep keep posted on our Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, get back into this point. He's like. The Hong Kong guy is like, ooh, hey now. Sorry, that was a notification. Uh, is like, shit's going bad. And then he, Jim Sturgis, instead of picking up his friend who's being tracked by government officials and knows this super secret thing going on, goes, hey, meet me at a public restaurant in the middle of Capitol Hill. <laughs> and... He doesn't pick up the friend at the airport, and they do the thing where the friend's across the street, and he waves, uh, and Abby Cornish and Jim Sturge is like, oh, there he is, and then he gets hit by a car. Oh, my God. That's right. And Yeah, that was super telegraphed. And that's why you pick up your friends at the airport. We know that's it's a pain in the end. That's why you always leave a note. And that's why you pick up your friends at the airport. <laughs> um, You know what? I just kind of like the seriousness of like the first couple scenes of the movie like the senate hearing and then like jim sturge being like they've put me in charge of dutch boy yeah the, the fact the, that they call it dutch boy <laughs> the shortest uh senate hearing of all time by the way i got a i got a little gripe from uh, my coworker who listens to this podcast he uh he's like you know your uh your co-host kevin there he really likes to get into the science of politics doesn't he (laughs) i'm like yes he does that's one of the things i like about him it's because i watch politics and the art of politics and senate hearings all day and that that did piss me off where (laughs) there's no such thing as a senate hearing where the chairman goes this hearing's called to order you gotta shut boy down 
Dutch boy down. This, this hearing is closed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like all the senators were sitting there. First of all, all the senators are never at the hearing when the hearing starts. No, there's always two it, or three that if are If you absent. ever watch C-SPAN or a hearing, it's always like two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> two at the start and then they trickle in. Yeah, or they leave early. Yeah. They're like, thank you, thank you, Speaker, for my time. Or then the chairman is like, I don't know, I'll pick a... And then he like waves his hand around the audience and goes, you, you can be the chairman. And they bail. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, the chairman can bail if they want. Politics. Just appoint whoever. It's a crazy game. <laughs> Our senators don't care. All right. Um, big ups to Geostorm, uh, Gerard Butler, Jim Sturgis, Abby Cornish, Zazie Beats. Um, what was the what was the director's name again? Dean Devlin. Dean Devlin. I, I hope he gets another shot. Give him one more shot. Make it make, have, just like force him to do like an indie, like a really low budget. Indie but he's movie. gone so big now. There's nowhere else to go. No, no, no. I think he's he has gotta, to go micro. He has got, gotta go up. Give him more. Give him a Marvel film. I want a movie that's only ninety minutes long, mm-hmm. and I want it set in one house and i want it to be about nothing i want him to collaborate with the duplass brothers christ that sounds like the second half of jurassic (laughs) world fallen kingdom we're gonna get to that yeah for now we're gonna talk about our summer series Mm -hmm. which is what we're dubbing uh kind of the next few of our watches in a row we're getting in uh more and more suggestions so we want to thank everybody uh who's given us suggestions in person or via our twitter yeah uh, we are definitely going to go through this whole summer, I think, with listener suggestions. Hopefully. So. We've got three yeah. queued up right now so that we're kind of set up for like the next three or four weeks. Yep. Um, but we'd love to hear more suggestions. As always, you know, hit us up on Twitter at your fave podcast, kicking and streaming, um, and the Gmail account, kicking and streaming pod, all spelled out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think next time we're going to watch Dark Man. Dark Man, which you discussed a little bit on our last discussion. A little bit, yeah. The Liam Neeson, that is 1990. A, that is a recommendation from Dino. Uh, it's a Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand from 1990. Uh, it's it's Sam Raimi. It's mm-hmm. uh, Dino told me to watch out for a uh, special Sam Raimi, or maybe it's his brother, I forget. It's Ted like, Raimi. Ted Raimi. is like, always in Sam Raimi's movies. Yeah, yeah. And, like some weird little cameo so that'll be fun it, it promises to be kind of a weird um schlocky but also kind of like oddly artistic mm-hmm. and kind of interesting um thing so we're gonna do that and then um after dark man we've got the kissing booth and remind me again who uh dina el saeed of coker uh, mine um, so we're going to watch that. That's a Netflix movie. Yes. Um, I don't believe Darkman is on Netflix. We're going to figure out how to watch that and we will, uh, let the people know so they can watch along if they want to. Uh, and then after the kissing booth in a few weeks, um, we'll watch the toxic Avenger, which was recommended to us by Nate, a uh, good friend of the pod, uh, first person to recommend to us over Twitter. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get a quick little description about the toxic avenger if the wi-fi were any fast ooh, maybe not no worries um so yeah that's kind of what we're looking at uh the next episode is gonna be dark man um dark man dark man dark man um kevin do you want to talk about uh jurassic world right now or do you want to sure let's 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 go into it now okay let's go ahead i know you have a whole thing you want to do (sighs) oh And, and give me give me three minutes to rant and then we'll 
chime in, or uh, two minutes. Okay. No, no, you take as long as you need, my friend. So, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is the obvious studio sequel to uh, Jurassic World, uh, which was directed by J.A. Uh, Bayona, who is a kind of respected uh, filmmaker who has done indie films before and horror films before. And so this is continuing the trend of these big studios trying to bring in these lower-level directors and being like, add your personal touch to these movies. And then the studio says, oh, no, 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 too much touch, too much touch. <laughs> this movie is so awful, so terrible, it, it boggles my mind. It starts off as, you've, if you've seen the trailers, them going back to the island. And this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailers. And they go back to the island, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, this is like schlock. This is like a sequel to Jurassic World. And then it's as if the movie and the writers and the production team and the crew got bored and said, wait, why don't we instead make a haunted house movie? (laughs) And that's what the second half of this movie is. This movie Uh. is crammed with stuff they tried to fix because of uh, blogger reaction from the first movie. That fails miserably. This is also a movie that it is just poorly, poorly filmed other than a few moments. But those moments are repeated so much in the movie that it gets boring. There's a tribute to Nosferatu where a lot of the dinosaur shadows are on the background of the wall. And you're like, all right, that's kind of cool. That's like a, you know, a tribute to old horror movies. Mm-hmm. And then they do it over and over and over again. And when you're like, oh, wow, I'm not scared because there's a dinosaur shadow that we've seen a million times. The movie starts off hilariously where it's uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, who I don't even know the name of. This movie is like you don't know the name of these characters. It's just Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt and dinosaurs. Wait, really? We don't. I, I, I don't know her name. <laughs> you don't know her name, or, or I forget her, she the name. Have a name. Okay, is she? So so I think uh, some of the blogger uh, uproar over the first movie, or I mean, maybe even general public, not necessarily the niche blogger kind of market, but that Bryce Dallas Howard was running all over the place in heels. Mm-hmm. So I want to know: was she running all over the place in flats this movie? Well, they purposely do a shot where they tilt down and show her wearing boots. And it's like a haha, she's wearing boots now. But then, don't worry. There's a scene where a rap. Uh, all right, we're getting into spoilers, so skip a couple of minutes yeah. ahead. Well, skip it. Yeah, skip ahead till you know, mm-hmm. a few minutes ahead if you don't want any spoilers. Claws her legs, and yet she's still able to climb to the roof of this haunted house. Uh, a raptor claws her legs, like punctures her thigh. Okay. With its claw, you know, like the raptor claw. It's like, yeah. That they always have. Yeah. Okay. And she still is able to make it up there. They they tried to tone down the sexism. And there's this character that goes, you know, uh, you, this, there's these two supporting characters uh, that are two young characters. And they're great. Um, and she there's like, they tried to tone down the sexism. And then there's a scene where she's like, I'm a vet. I'm a pro. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody's help. And then she goes... Come on, beefcakes! And it's just like, mm, no, no, that's not, that's, that's not ironically funny. Yeah, you don't kill sexism by mm-hmm. swinging the pendulum way further to the other side. 
there's the movie starts out hilariously because it starts out that Bryce Dallas Howard is like trying to save the dinosaurs because the volcano is going to go off and it's going to kill all the dinosaurs mm-hmm. again all in the trailer which is <laughs> kind of funny and so she she's trying to get these donors and then she goes she gets this donation from this old guy played by James Cromwell you know James oh, Cromwell really? the actor is perpetually 85 years old he's been 85 Ex- years old for 40 years exactly <laughs> he was 85 years old in Babe <laughs> Which was 30 years ago. Yeah. And he, he rolls in and goes, I was John Hammond's best friend. Wait, so so he's, you say he's he in a wheelchair. In do I was doing the wheelchair arms. motion. He's in a wheelchair. He's like, I was John Hammond's best friend. And you're like, what? And he goes, <laughs> Where were you for the John last and I movies? created the dinosaurs together. And you're like, when? <laughs> and then he goes, like, you know, John Hammond always believed we should create the dinosaurs and let them roam free and be on their own. And you're just thinking, like, he made a theme park with the dinosaurs. <laughs> he put them in cages to sell and make money off of. This seems like some serious revisionist this history. This is some redconning. This is some bleaching over. <laughs> the whole point of Jurassic Park is delusional man thinks it'd be a fun idea to have a dinosaur theme park. The and last then the line shit hits the fan. The it's last, way simpler. The last spoken dialogue is like Richard Attenborough going, "You were all right. I'm so sorry," and driving the jeep away. Oh, no, no, what is it? It's um, it's Sam Neill's character goes, uh, "I'm rethinking my investment into Jurassic Park," and then, <laughs> and then uh, Richard Attenborough's character goes, "So am I." Yes. <laughs> yes. And then they drive away. That was great. Yeah. Rich, there's no scene like in the later movies where Richard Attenborough is like. Actually, I think we could have pulled it off. (laughs) 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 It's never like that. Oh, man. And then we're introduced to our favorite, one of our favorite actors, actually, Rafe Spall. Oh, really? Yeah. And he plays like this tech CEO, like understudy of the James Cromwell character. Okay. And the whole time I'm thinking... Why the hell do we have the James Cromwell character when we could have had Rafe Spall, who isn't bad in the movie, play just like this evil Mark Zuckerberg like character, who's like which I, is, which would be really fitting and yeah, appropriate right now. Who would be like I, I I made millions and millions of dollars. Like I'll help you save the dinosaurs. You still just did the wheelchair <laughs> movement right there. I made millions and millions. Sorry, of let dollars me do that. I made millions and millions of dollars scrolling, scrolling through right. phone okay, gesture. Okay, there you go. Because you know, spoiler alert. You know, they all get betrayed on the island. Yeah. And they all capture the dinosaurs. And what happens is they all take the dinosaurs to the house and they have an auction of the dinosaurs at the house. And then, of course, the dinosaurs get free in the house and it turns into a haunted house with like evil dinosaurs movie. Jesus. And it's it's so silly. And it's it's funny because like you can either with sequels to these movies go small in a character study movie or go big and fun and stupid. And this movie tried to do both, and because it tried to do both, it, it, it just didn't work at all. It became the most frustrating thing I hate in movies, which is characters running around aimlessly with no A to B destination in mind. It's just like stuff is happening. And yeah, stuff is happening, and... There's really not a lot learned from it. and Yeah, and, and it, people are dying left and right, you know. I was thinking about seeing it, but at this point... 
Probably not. And it's funny mm-hmm. that we, you know, mention and harken back to uh, some of the original Jurassic Park stuff because I watched that again recently. It was it's incredible. It's a really, really good movie. It came out in 1993, and and it holds up. You should go back and watch it. It's not like you know, it's not a blue. I mean, they might have it on Blu-ray, but it's not like crazy visuals. And like, there's times when you can see that the the you know the T-Rex is like a little bit mechanical looking, but like mm-hmm. it holds up and it has very good storytelling and little teeny things iconic things like the glass of water shaking little like things like that 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 you don't need to be shown the dinosaur uh to to just feel what like the characters are feeling and and the story is like relatively simple but it's still exciting they're just setting up this premise of like oh what if dinosaurs are still around and it's not just people running around and getting slaughtered by dinosaurs it's like an adventure the whole time and there are real tangible motivations behind everyone the the freaking um what's the Wayne Newton is that is that a is that an actor I forget if his name is Wayne Newton N- uh, Wayne Knight Wayne Knight Wayne Knight mm-hmm. uh the, the, the guy from Seinfeld, Seinfeld yeah, yeah. He, he, like a, a very real and cool like B plot that had like you know a kind of betrayal like side plot in these movies that's like really well done and like simple and makes sense and feels like relatable in our day and age mm-hmm. um everyone should go back and watch that movie because it's amazing and it holds up and it just shows like how great of a filmmaker steven spielberg was and really that you don't have to do you don't have to go crazy with a story mm-hmm. even with you know crazy things like dinosaurs yeah. to, in order to make an amazing film I'm going to say one thing real quick. Please. I'm going to say there's a scene where there is straight up murder. <laughs> a human killing another human. Uh, and I literally audibly said, Jesus Christ, this is for kids in the theater. <laughs> I swear I said, Jesus Christ, this is for kids. Do not take your kids to see this movie. <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Do not take your kids to see this movie. All right. Now back though to what you're saying. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring this up because I feel like there's this epidemic going on of these directors who are in their 30s, you know, uh, coming up. A lot of young male di- directors. Young white male directors. Yeah. Who uh, want to basically make Steven Spielberg films. And instead of doing something where you use the elements and the tone and the feel of Spielbergian movies... In something, say, like J.J. Abrams' uh, Super 8, uh-huh. they are literally just ripping off Steven Spielberg. <laughs> there were so many shots in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom where I was like, that's a shot from Indiana Jones. That's a shot from E.T. That's a shot from the old Jurassic Park. That's a reference to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's a Jaws reference where I was literally like, I would rather be watching those movies than this right now. Like, I would rather watch you know indiana jones for the 200th time or i would rather watch jaws for the 10th time yeah any of the i would rather watch like a super cut of the most boring parts of all those movies put mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. than a, a a new age like try hard wannabe spielberg yeah. movie and and i don't know if you've noticed this johnny's but this like real like steven spielberg's company in the 80s was called amblin Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the logos of yeah. like starts of movies, and so they've they've called this I think like the Amblin effect or Amblin epidemic. I think I've actually heard that. Yeah. Where it it's these directors just trying to recreate the Amblin movies, 
And I don't know if this is like I, I understand having um I understand having influences and like young directors like growing up watching movies like E.T. and and um and, and Jurassic Park and and seeing like and being inspired by that and making that that their influence and like their motivation to go into filmmaking and that's great. There it it gets obvious when you're just kind of stealing from mm-hmm. those like influences and kind of making cheaper versions of them, and I think that goes along with like a lack of new creative, uh, fun like stories and like kind of the franchise culture epidemic. I mean, epidemic's a strong word, but like there's no. It feels like there's not a lot of new stuff going on. Like it feels like all these movies that are coming out, like you've got the the Jurassic World, you know, franchise, and you've got the Star Wars franchise. And a new and, Indiana Jones coming out. And a new Indiana Jones and Netflix is picking up all these this old IP and and creating like new stuff out of it. And obviously like the Marvel universe and the DC universe is just like over and over again. It's these similar beats and these kind of similar formulas put together by these studios and mm-hmm. it can be good sometimes but it gets really old and it doesn't make for a a, a fun engaging like exciting cinema going experience mm-hmm. um and i don't know really i i think it's a, it's a good it's a it contributes to why a lot of people are like you know finding more good movies you know original content and like more independent stuff on like netflix and Amazon Prime and, you know, moving to TV shows instead of movies mm-hmm. nowadays. Like, movies, I think, are getting less and less popular in service of TV shows getting more popular mm-hmm. because there's not as much new stuff. And I don't know if... I don't think we're running out of stories to tell. No. I think people just are getting kind of lazy and people like, to, you know, studios and execs and businesses want to make things that people are going to say, oh... That's the new thing of that. Let's go see it. It's, yeah. it's a moneymaker, but it doesn't make for, you know, something that you're going to leave the theater and go home and want to tell all your friends about it. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, I, I saw that. Don't worry. I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's not like a good conversation piece. I don't know. That's my spiel. No, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. With what you're staying. I hope you stay <laughs> for the rest of the podcast, but what you're saying as well. It, it, it's just there's the two sides of that which you just said there's the one which is the studio's not having confidence to try new stuff out mm-hmm. and uh sticking with what is safe yeah and uh safe s- financially mm-hmm. not creatively the second one is this what i think is a problem uh a little more is the people taking influences which they've always done from previous generations but instead of bringing something new to the table, uh, it simply seems to us like a cash grab of copycatting. Right. And I think I really want there to be this generation of filmmakers coming out. And I think it's our generation. And I think you can see it in something like the Safdie Brothers' Good Time. Yep. And I think you can see it in something like you know the movie the filmmakers like Jordan Peele and mm-hmm. Blumhouse and you know um new yeah. movies coming out like sorry to bother you like yeah. weird trippy interesting edgy stuff yeah i want those people who were inspired by like 
the weird stuff that came out in the 90s. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. Like True Romance. I want someone whose like, favorite movie is like True Romance. Or yes. I want someone whose favorite movie is... I actually saw that again recently. Yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah, I, I want something whose like, favorite movie is, uh, you know, uh, Pulp Fiction or, you know, The Crying Game or, you know, something that's a little more like fighting back against the system Mm -hmm. because usually we have these like studio loops of like you know big you know box office you know whatever and we get tired of it and we're already seeing these superhero movies get more and more meta which means they're reaching the bottom of their cycle Uh you know i i honestly think i'm not saying logan is the best superhero movie of all time but i think it's like the best one we're gonna get for a while yeah um now I feel like we're done. I don't know what the next frontier is with movies, but I'm hoping, like you said, it's more like the wacky, uh, you know, for this generation, for this time period, influenced by the politics and the news and the social climate of the day. Movies, exactly. Something I like think... Get Peel, like or Get Peel, <laughs> get, get Peel, Get Peel. Get Sign peel. that Peel that studio contract. <laughs> get out. Uh. Sorry to bother you. Uh, movies that I really liked. Uh, I want to see Upgrade. I still haven't seen Upgrade, and that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Logan Marshall Green. Uh, God, why am I uh, blanking on the Safdie brothers? I think movie? you're right, though. I think it's a yeah. little bit about like distrust in mm-hmm. like the system, mm-hmm. you know? Because like people are there's a lot more people that the are witch. seriously involved. The Witch was an amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. like there's a lot more people that are just like seriously distrusting of mm-hmm. institutions and like kind of um, big corporations and like the government and I think that that is like creative fuel that's mm-hmm. like things that that's something that makes people make like weird mm-hmm. scary good inspired mm-hmm. like movies and television and art and music mm-hmm. and you know what it always is it's always the movies that had a budget between one million dollars and 20 million dollars yeah you you know that's like that's... we're always gonna i mean i i feel like we're always maybe not always but we're always gonna have like the marvel movies and the avengers and all yeah. these superhero things and big and as, budget franchises and as long as you put a lot of time and effort and care into them there's 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 nothing harmful about uh, the new Avengers movie, or there's no. obviously there's sometimes seems to be celebrated about with like Black Panther. There, are, there, there is achievement in the incredible mm-hmm. organization and just like you know functional chaos yeah. of that universe being put together and some of the producers and writing at work. And there. you need that so Chris Evans can get ten million dollars for playing Captain America and then can go star in like an indie movie. Exactly. Like you sometimes exactly. need those paychecks so the actors can buy the beach house and then be like i got the beach house now i'll go do now i'll go do something for a million bucks so we're not saying that we don't want the avengers to be around anymore we're not saying we don't want to see like Mm -hmm. you know these kind of big studios make their big movies their summer blockbusters like there there is a market for that there and there always will be but there has to be money that goes into these smaller inspired projects by younger filmmakers who are unproven and telling stories that like young people kind of want to hear and you know not even just young people old people too mm-hmm. it's got it's, there's it has to be refreshing like interesting stories and ways of telling them and and like you said original yeah not and you can paying homage um, you know, I, I kind of think like a, a, a something like that would be like it. 
Like that, yeah. the the director was clearly inspired by Spielbergian movies and clearly inspired by Stephen King and Kids on Bikes. But there's a way you can do it and film it that can be a box office success, but still only have a budget of like fifty million dollars. And it's really funny and cool you mentioned that because that's something that's kind of like bridging like mm-hmm. both of our arguments we're making right now. Is mm-hmm. like, oh, we don't want all this like legacy like IP yeah. and like franchise stuff, but we want like new filmmakers and new ways of looking at things and but, creative yeah. like that that is something that does both. So you can do both. You but, can yeah. have like almost remakes. Like that it is a remake, but it, it yeah. is it was very good. But when, it was exciting. But when the studio is releasing Goonies, the next generation. Nah. You, you gotta be like, nah. we, we need we need studio execs with a little bit more discerning taste right mm-hmm. now. Uh, that's that we're gonna we're gonna say fiend to our screed right there. And right? I will say, uh, I am writing the screenplay for Goonies, the next generation. <laughs> Sean Aston's on board as well as Josh Brolin. Um, Josh Josh Brolin just doing his like. Thanos voice. Yeah. All he'll do is like sit in a room and like he'll probably be the bad guy. You know, he'll be the bad guy in the new Goonies movie. How dare you? I think it has to come full circle. No, no, it doesn't. All right. You don't have to. Let's not get into (laughs) That's a whole thing. How we would write Goonies (laughs) too. Let's not get into like, okay. We want to finish up this episode by. You start uh, at the house. (laughs) Chunk comes out. (laughs) It's Chunk, but he's 60. He's they 60. still want him to do the truffle shuffle. But then he has this gorgeous-ass wife. Anyway. Um, so we talked about the movie we watched last time. We talked about some movies and TV for a while there and got up on our you know moral creative high horses. But we want to kind of finish up by just talking about something that hopefully like most of the world is watching right now, and, and that's the yeah. World Cup. Yeah. And... Um, it's like obviously it comes around every four years and every four years like America gets interested in soccer again and I think this time it's cool and different because I'm like the USA is not in the tournament I wouldn't say that's cool though we were ranked 11th in the world and we didn't make it I, I don't that really was care why very disappointing to me it. really I don't really think, we're, we're not playing the best football well, we're, I'm not gonna, I'm best, say we're not the best nation right now. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, our performance off the field, not, yeah. notwithstanding, we're not that good on the pitch either. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and I'm going to say the words pitch and, and match and football and, <laughs> and keeper. Wow. You've really changed. <laughs> I know. I'm a, I'm a new man. Every four years I change. Um, but no, it's just really fun to see, like, you know, kind of the all the – the bros come out and be going to the bars and everything. So we kind of just want, this is like the only all the, episode we're going to talk about. All the bros being like, Cup. I had a delightful time in Portugal. Go Ronaldo! <laughs> like, so there was obviously the World Cup is structured such that there's round robin play in these groups. And I don't think I watched like a ton of the early matches, but I've been keeping up with a little bit of it in like the elimination play mm-hmm. since. Um, and just like, I don't know. I really love being at a bar or like at home with like some friends, just watching a game and like just like soccer, mm-hmm. football is a super exciting sport. And yeah. I and there were people that would say like, oh, you, any game that and any any sport that can end in a one nothing, you know, win is so boring. I it, I completely disagree. Soccer, football is it's the world's most popular sport and it's it is that because of you know for a good reason it's because it's like exciting and it takes real skill and when when amazing things are done on like in in these matches mm-hmm. like even if it doesn't result in a goal it's still like oh and if you're watching live 
you know, on television, you can hear in the stadium people are just losing their minds at mm-hmm. just like at corner kicks that just kind of go a little bit wide. And it's like inspiring and amazing. And obviously, like the United States is in like a little bit of a dark time right now. So it's it's also good to see like the world come together a little bit. It's but. a shame that the world's coming together in uh, Moscow, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you want to talk at all about that, like the kind of Russia thing. Like the whole joke is that like, we did politics last week. I yeah, don't know. the whole joke is that like you know Putin's gonna have some keeper killed. He's gonna have some players like poisoned or get get sick. I mean, not after the run Russia off. made. That's better than expected. Yeah, no, I mean the Russian team did really well, and people made jokes about you know refs getting paid off or you know people threatened or whatever but like i'm not gonna say refs are getting paid off but i'm gonna say they're probably getting well they're probably taking performance enhancing drugs Uh, i mean i wouldn't be surprised a lot of people were saying that the croatian team looks like they're taking performance enhancing drugs because that team has played three in a row full extra time games they've played oh yeah they've played an extra game a a full extra match Mm -hmm. in the three um, in the three elimination games they've participated well, that's in. What I'm worried and about. now they're in the final. Well, that's what I'm worried about in the final. Is Croatia, Croatia going to be too pooped? Or like, if, if Croatia comes out and just starts running France off the pitch, like we're going to know. We're going to yeah. know that they're taking drugs of some sort. Yeah. But it's just kind of cool, you know, of like you see all these heartwarming clips like on on Reddit I saw this uh this this gif of like a Croatian um fire firefighters house watching the match and oh i saw this as well yeah yeah against russia like the final pk and they and i heard the story afterwards was that they were on a 10 second delay and that um somebody when croatia hit the final pk to win the match and beat russia and advance to the semifinals against uh england that excuse me um that somebody pulled a fire alarm and and suddenly like the alarm went off in the firehouse and all these firefighters like you know super quick and efficient and good at their jobs and they run over and put their things on and the and the trucks are out of the out of the firehouse in you know 15 seconds and it's, it's super impressive and then there's three guys left staying there and and right as the fire trucks pull out like they they see on the screen like oh modric hit the pk beat the goalie like croatia's like advancing and they're celebrating there's like there's like three guys left in the firehouse and they're all freaking well out. i noticed in that video there's the one guy who lingers and i didn't know if he was like the friend of the firefighters did you notice that i don't think so there's like the one guy who's like they're all getting ready and he's just kind of like in the front he was in the front row seats just still kind of like call me when you really need me <laughs> Like when your mom's like, dinner's ready, yeah. and you're like, call me when like the food is on the plate and everyone's sitting. Halo. Yeah. Call me when the fire trucks are turned on and call like, me when you're halfway yeah. done with dinner and the dogs on top. Okay, <laughs> like so, I'd say probably I don't know if you just want to like name like a couple exciting or like one or two exciting points of the whole tournament that you saw, but like I was watching. Germany against Sweden in the group stage, um, mm-hmm. and Germany needed to win. This was, I think, only their second match, or maybe it was their third. I can't quite remember, but they had a free kick just outside of the box, I think, right off the corner of the box on the right side, and they just perfectly set up this like quick, small kick to a man standing right in front of the free kicker, and then he, he placed it right back to him, and the guy just curved it perfectly low and, and to the right and around the sweden's wall and just perfectly into like the upper corner of the goal and i just think like set pieces and and beautiful free kicks are absolutely like one of the most beautiful parts of the game like there's nothing 
I don't know. It, it's tough to trump like the rhythm of like a really amazing series of passes leading into a great goal. But I think there's just such artistry in like an amazing kick from a certain distance from the goal that Absolutely. just beats everyone. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you have like a moment that. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing, but watching the highlights of the Belgium come back against uh, Japan that, was pretty incredible. Uh, that counter was amazing. That that mm-hmm. final goal was. I, I rewatched it like a bunch of times. It yeah. was truly like pretty awesome it gave me chills watching it i actually had money on belgium uh to win the whole thing to win right? the whole thing yeah, yeah. and uh I, I got my hopes up and unfortunately so does that mean you're gonna root for so belgium lost to france in the semis on one side of the match or on one side of the tournament and croatia beat uh england mm-hmm. yesterday i believe um i'm still gonna root for croatia you're gonna root for croatia okay good me too it's like the underdog thing yeah of course of course yeah good and and you know you can't give France too many wins. Yeah. Of late. Yeah. Don't, yeah. They're don't. they're they're making us look bad right now. Yeah, they are. Really Deservedly so, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. Um. So but, I think that's. But you're rooting for Croatia, I'm and that's your Croatia. pick to win as well. That's my pick to win. Great. I think I'd love for it to go to extra time again and see Croatia win because that would just be incredible. I think that mm-hmm. would be all of their elimination matches would have gone to extra time. Yeah. All of. And then which you they can get a Croatian. Uh, you they know. do have a good kit. Well, what? Yeah, they, they do have a good kit, but also uh, a good word. someone to uh, say after they win. Good uh, we took the hardest road to get here. <laughs> I don't know why we yeah. always take the hardest road. Shout out to LeBron. Even though they were in a much easier uh, path, to they get were. There. They Just were saying. on the easier Just saying. side. Just saying. France versus Belgium was arguably the Warriors versus Rockets of uh, <laughs> of this year's. World I thought Cup. so as well. That was a crazy game. Um, so and then what about third place game? Third place. Oh, England, that's Belgium. right. England on Saturday, Belgium. I'd love to see England lose again, so <laughs> I'm gonna root for Belgium. I like, and I like the Belgian team too. Like, um, I like De Bruyne and mm-hmm. and some of their Lukaku and and some of their yeah. you know strikers and guys up front. I I just love watching them take like get a, a like a shift in the transition yeah. of the game and just like every everybody sprinting up field yeah. like on the transition like that's on a counter and, and that's Lukaku is so much fun to watch because he's got like and this is not meant in any offense he's got like a bus driver's body you think so and yet I think he's, he's just huge yeah he's huge and he's got like a big he barrel does have chest a big barrel chest he yeah. looks like yeah someone who like forgot to like crunch his abs during ab machines and just has the giant chest <laughs> Looks like Tony Soprano. <laughs> Running down the field. But he is so fast. He's, and he's incredibly so fast quick and, and very, like, he pushes people around yeah. in the front of the field. You're just like, Jesus Christ, how do you? All right, we're going to wrap this up before we get going too long. We like to keep them, we're trying to keep them a little bit short, but uh, this was a very fun podcast. We hope uh, everyone out there listening had fun listening. And, you know, if you have any responses to whatever we said, as always, email us, kickingandstreamingpod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter, um, at your fave podcast. Uh, we want to hear from you if there's stuff you want us to talk about or your responses. Or again, if you have movies you want us to add to the summer series, please let us know. Uh, Kevin, any final notes? Anything to send uh, the listeners off with? Uh, there's going to be a special episode coming up. Oh, another Kevin Solo episode. Another Kevin Solo episode. Uh, so, uh get excited for that uh i think it's gonna it's gonna be another tbd movie uh gonna keep a little secret okay um but it is going to be a uh i'll just preface by saying it's gonna be a big popular one again 
Big popular crappy movie. Big popular crappy movie. Those are the best kind of movies. Yep. For Kevin Hill, I'm Johnny Lake. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.